Welcome in to the Bear Down podcast here on the ESPN Chicago app. I'm Chris Black along with Adam Abdallah. You can listen to our show weeknights, 6 to 8, right here on ESPN 1000. On Tuesdays and Thursdays, we drop new pods talking about the Bears in the NFL. How about this, Abdallah? Another Monday edition. That's right, Tuesdays and Thursdays. But we feel like there was a lot of important Bears news from over the weekend, so we're going to talk to you on a Monday here in this fresh week. Yeah, absolutely. There's a ton of good stuff going on this weekend, some good, some bad. I mean, there's a ton of news coming out of camp over the weekend. The Bears have their family fest tomorrow on Tuesday at Soldier Field, so we expect a lighter practice and uh, less of the normal schedule as this is taking place at Soldier Field where you can go and you can show up and you can watch the Bears practice. You can watch Justin Fields run around and throw some balls around and that kind of thing. But it's generally a lighter thing that is more about fan interaction and less about actually getting some work done. Like, they're just out there running around. So, with the majority of the news taking place over the weekend, with an off day today on a Monday, it felt like a good opportunity here to just catch everybody up on what's been going on. Something that kind of has taken a lot of attention here in Bears camp to this point, uh, not as much news as of late regarding Roquan Smith and his hold out slash hold in. Uh, It seems like nothing has changed on that front. We have had a change in the other major storyline here at camp, and that's with Tevin Jenkins and his absent being absent from practice for the most uh, of camp and then showing up this weekend being able to participate. Uh, Tevin Jenkins also uh, talk, uh, talked to the media uh, over the weekend, and here's what uh, Tevin Jenkins had to say when the media was asking him questions over the weekend. The last 10 days or so, what have you been dealing with? Uh, I've been in the training room trying to get better, like just uh, health-wise. And I've been in there for ever since I've been out after the first day of training camp. What specifically have you been? Uh, I don't want to disclose that right now. Can you say uh, whether your back is good? or that's... I'm not going to disclose that right now. That's all. What, what have you thought about reports and some of the talk about you that the team is trying to trade you, that you're not happy? What can you add to that, or what do you want to say about that? Just in general. I'm here for Chicago Bears right now. I'm here to play football for the Chicago Bears, and that's what I want to do, and that's what I plan on doing right now. Do you feel like you have a legitimate opportunity to win a starting job? Do you feel like that's actually there for you? I believe so. Are you happy here? Yeah, I am. Chicago. Who's not happy in Chicago? A lot of things to do. What indications do you have that make you believe, yeah, I, I can win this spot? Can't hear you. What indications do you have that make you believe, yeah, I can win a starting spot? Uh, belief in myself. You can just say that. Do you feel, what's, your, what's your relationship with the coaching staff and how do you feel that they feel good or bad about you? From my understanding, I love the coaches. We have no animosity towards each other. We talk to each other every day. And uh, that's it. Do you think you could or wanted to come back earlier and they were holding you out to be cautious with their back and forth? Because obviously you didn't want to be out there. Uh, that was for the betterment of my health. So... We just did what we had to do to make sure I was 100% before I go back out there. Are you hopeful people ramp up to do a little bit more tomorrow? Yeah, that's the plan plan right now, yeah. So that was Tevin Jenkins uh, over the weekend at Hallis Hall. He spoke to the media. He participated in practice. Abdullah, the the first thing that I kind of question or just want to know the answer to is why, if it is a back issue and it's a physical issue, why not just tell the media that that's the issue 
is there something else to that? And I think that's what I don't get as a consumer of Bears football, a consumer of football in general. Like, mm-hmm. what's the harm in just saying, yeah, my back is still acting up from what happened last year or I did something else? Uh, why, why not just say what it is? Well, let's go full conspiracy mode, right? Okay. So none of this is confirmed what I'm about to say. This is all speculation. Just putting that disclaimer out there. I have no inside information to this whatsoever. But it came out, Peggy Kaczynski reported that the Bears were looking to trade him. Then, all of a sudden, after a few days after that, oh, he's back at practice. He's not working with the team, but he's working off to the side with a trainer. Then he's slowly being integrated back into the reps with the second team, and then eventually he'll be worked into the two, the, the, uh, the group with the, uh, with the first team, right? My assumption is this, and when you assume things, you know what happened to make an ass out of everybody and all that stuff, right? My no, assumption, just you. Just me? Okay, fine. Um, my assumption is this. The Bears tried to trade him. No one wants him because they don't know if he's healthy, and they think he's got an attitude problem. So... What they're doing is getting him some work, proving that he doesn't have a back injury. Because if you were to say, I have a back injury, they can't move. You're not getting anything for him. You just have to release him. And I think the Bears want to get something for a guy that was drafted pretty high in the draft. So get him out there. He can play in the preseason games. Get some tape on him. If they still are looking to move him, they can do it before the trade deadline or before the season starts or wait for someone to get hurt on another team Which because linemen are dropping like flies all around the NFL. Or maybe they've worked something out with him and maybe he's like, hey, you know, we want you here. We like what you put on tape. We think that you're going to be a good contributor to this team. And he was just kind of salty about having to work, you know, to get his number one spot. But now he realizes, hey, I can get a number one spot against these guys. And so it's all water under the bridge. Those two things could be happening, right? Either he figured he, you know, got off his high horse and decided, hey, I'm going to work for my starting spot. Or he does have the back issue and he hasn't been practicing because of that, which is not good either way. Or the third option is he is just they're saying, hey, we couldn't move you. We tried, but you need to get out there and play because if you don't want to be here, people don't want you right now because they think you have a back injury. Yeah, and I, I kind of lean towards that thought process is he and his agent were trying to make a point by not being physically able to per- participate, and they made their point, and the Bears were done with it, so they started shopping him, which the reason we're aware that the Bears are shopping him is because national reporters were reporting that, and what that means is that they're getting it probably from the other side. They're probably getting it. The Jeremy Fowlers of the world, the Dan Grazianos, the Schefters. The reason that that information was getting Ian Rappaport, the reason that information was getting out there is because the other teams in the league are saying to these reporters, hmm. hey, the Bears are, are shopping Tevin Jenkins. That's, that's a possible way to how that news came to light. Now, if that is the case, the Bears were shopping Tevin Jenkins and no one wanted him that now goes back to the agent and Tevin Jenkins and it's like yeah no one wants you because of what you just said you're back and the perception now is that you you're an attitude guy you Mm -hmm. you don't fit in with a new culture where from everything I've heard read and 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 seen to this point it seems like Eberflus and Poles are are putting together a nice little training camp here. Well, so, so, and, like, he, and he's like the one that's not buying in because even Roquan 
is a part of what they're doing, even though he's on the practice field. He's mm-hmm. here in the meetings. The head coach keeps talking uh, wonderfully about him. That That's not an issue. But the issue guy was Tevin Jenkins. So now he has to be available on the field to show that he's not a bad attitude guy. And then also he's not injured. So then hopefully they can get him trade. Like, I'm not buying that. The way he answered those questions about wanting to be here or this, that, and the other, listen, it it is very uh, possible to me that the agent had him kind of taking this stance, and that's why he wasn't in practice. There is no market for him. Mm -hmm. So then the agent said, hey, you're just going to have to suck it up, and you're going to have to go through the motions, and you're going to have to try and make this team, make a starting spot because the only way we can move you is if people see some value in you on the football field. Well, I mean, think about it. Culture-wise, right? Your GM is a former offensive lineman. Like, that should be gravy, right? Like, you should be like, oh, man, my guy. All right. Where not, do you want, where do you want me to... Not if he thinks you suck. Well, but that's the point, is that he comes in and he's like, hey, yeah, you're my guy, but I want to see what you have. I didn't draft you. You're, you. Listen, I saw your tape. You're great. I saw the, the the college tape, but you sat out most of the year last year with an injury. you got to prove yourself amongst these other guys. Now, we believe you will because you were such a high draft pick and the talent is there, and these are a bunch of you know fifth-round, sixth-round guys and dudes off the scrap heap. So we assume you'll be there, but you got to work. And he's like, no, nah, I'm not doing that. I want my spot. And it's like, okay, well, no, sorry. Again, we're not tied to you. I didn't draft you. So if you want to play this season for us, you need to prove it. And, I, and he might not, he might, but it could also be he actually did have a back injury still, and that has lingering effects when he came into camp. See, but if that, to me, if that's the case, tell the fan base and the media that that's like, yeah, yeah. You, you're still battling a back injury. Mm-hmm. Like, I just feel as if there's sympathy involved if that's the case. Well, yeah, and also the way what you mentioned about Roquan is that like the way Matt Eberflus talks about Roquan and the way Ryan Poles talked about Roquan when they started the season and they had their first media availability, they seem like he they want him around, like they want him to be a part of the team, and it's just a matter of figuring out the money. Whereas when they've talked about Tevin Jenkins, it's been well, we'll talk about him when he's back, when he's on the field, we'll talk about it. Right, and that's it. And it's just been a totally different yeah. uh, situation between the two. So mm-hmm. uh, today, Monday, uh, there is no practice. Abdallah mentioned earlier here on the podcast, tomorrow's Family Fest is Soldier Field, 1030 in the morning. Uh, so we'll see uh, how the Tevin Jenkins story continues here in camp. And hopefully he builds uh, back up and he, he's there trying to compete for a, a top spot. It would really add some depth to the to the offensive line. You know, the report so far here in camp, haven't been that the offensive line is completely terrible. I, I know that that's not necessarily the best vote of confidence, mm-hmm. but having a player who was drafted as high as Jenkins and the possible uh, talent that you could have with a guy like that, being able to put him in anywhere, I think would help the offensive line overall. No, absolutely. Courtney Cronin was on uh, KJM earlier this morning uh, talking about this very situation, Tevin Jenkins. So here's Courtney Cronin, ESPN Bears reporter, talking to KJM right here on ESPN 1000. When they put Jenkins up there the other day, I felt sorry for him because it felt like a hostage situation, like a blink twice if you actually like believe anything that you're talking about right now. I want to be with the Chicago Bears. The organization that drafted me will actually know it was the previous regime that 
took you at 39 that thought you were going to be a franchise left tackle and you're already relegated to a swing tackle role right now and I know he got some backup reps at right tackle yesterday I think with Tevin Jenkins and I know he really wanted to address that there's reports out there about him clashing with coaches that's fine um he, he can say all he wants right now. They can say all he wants right now. I would not be surprised if he does get to play in a considerable amount in some of the early preseason games because that could drive up the price for what teams that would be needing a potential swing tackle, somebody that they want to give a fresh start to. Maybe that's what it boils down to. That would drive up the price. So if you were to ask me, do I think Tevin Jenkins, Jenkins is on the roster week one? If Unless, I mean, they don't want to cut him because that is a terrible look to have to, like, part ways. And, I mean, that would truly be, like, an egregious thing and just pointing to, like, the, all these things that were not true that people have been saying all along inside the team. I, I, I don't think he'll be on the roster week one because I think he'll get traded before then. There's too many preseason games. There's going to be enough tape out there on him that I think someone will be willing to take a flyer for a late fifth-round, sixth-round pick uh, in exchange for Jenkins. And I don't think the Bears would be too sad to part with him at that at that time. So that was Courtney Cronin earlier this morning on KJM right here on ESPN 1000. Another storyline uh, that took place over the weekend, Adam, when we uh, recap this weekend of Bears training camp here on the Bear Down podcast, uh, Nikhil Harry went down with a what many have said is a severe ankle injury. Uh, this happened on Saturday. Now, Harry was traded from the, the Patriots to the Bears looking for a fresh start here in Chicago. So Jeremy Fowler reporting that it's a serious ankle injury. Uh, Courtney Cronin also uh, kind of confirming the same thing. This happened on Saturday in the first team period. Uh, so Nikhil Harry, a, a guy that obviously for the Bears, it's a, a low-risk, high-reward option at wide receiver in a, a position that needs a lot of help. I would imagine if we stacked up the wide receiver core for each and every team in the league, uh, it would be hard to place the Bears anything from the worst. There are, there are probably one or two teams that are going to be in the conversation with the Bears as far as it comes to a collection of wide receivers that they're going to give their quarterback this season. Oh, interesting. It's not like there was a disgruntled wide receiver out west that wanted a new spot, but whatever. That didn't happen, so we'll... We, we, we'll Debo Samuels? No, no, no. DK Metcalf. Oh. Yeah, uh, but he got his money, and people didn't want him here, so that's fine. Uh, so now you're stuck with uh, uh, who's out there? Darnell Mooney? Yeah, Mooney's there. He's, okay. he's playing well in camp. Pringle's hurt. He got a, a thigh with the Pringle. Yeah, uh, Vilas Jones hasn't been practicing either. Yeah, but you know, to, to be fair. is hurt also. Vilas Jones, I feel like every other day we hear news of a big-time reception yeah. down the sideline, burner. Like, he's not... Um, Okay, so when he was drafted uh, by the Bears out of Tennessee, the the mock on him was like, oh, he's a special teamer first, wide receiver second. And I was like, oh, we have another Devin Hester situation. Mm -hmm. And I'm not talking about, oh, well, Hester's a Hall of Famer. How could you say that? No, no, no. The point being is that he's not primarily a wide receiver. That was my concern. It sounds as if he is being used quite a bit as a talented wide receiver here in camp. So I'm I'm okay on the Vilas Jones at the moment. We'll obviously have to see once the season starts. It sounds like he's a big-time playmaker for this offense here in camp. No, I'm not saying he's not, but, like, you need bodies. And, you know, we talked about this Justin Fields and him, you know, progressing at camp, and that's why I was so, you know, harsh on the Bears and wanted them to trade for for DK Metcalf so badly is because you knew these guys, like someone's going to get hurt. 
Someone is like Matt Eberflus talked about at the beginning of camp. Like all these guys are going to be rotated in and no one's got a number one spot solidified and all that kind of stuff because guys get hurt and we want to see where our depth is at these positions. And we're finding out now wide receiver, like there's no one there. There's you got two guys practicing right now. Like, yeah, you're hearing good things about Mooney and and Vilas Jones, but it's about health and availability. And right now, Nikhil Harry with this ankle sprain, we don't know how long he's going to be out for, but a high ankle sprain is not good. Definitely not good for the start of the season. Here's Courtney Cronin giving a wide receiver update to KJM earlier today. After Saturday's practice, you're looking around and realizing Harry goes down, which happened during the first snap, the first play of team period that wow. morning where a screen, a screen pass goes his way and he gets wrapped up. I was getting tackled by Nicholas Morrow, who's a new linebacker on that team, and it looked like you got him in the left ankle because I was watching pretty closely. He couldn't bear any weight on that ankle, so you knew right then when he had to be helped off the field by teammates and trainers and back into the building, it probably wasn't a good sign. So Harry goes down. Byron Pringle has a quad injury is what Matt Eberflus told us because he's not somebody who discloses like what injuries are unless they're more than day to day. So this one sounds like it's going to keep them out some time, but they're not too worried. It could linger into the regular season, but I would not imagine we see him out there for the first preseason game, which is coming up this weekend against Kansas city. And it could even take longer than that. And then Bayless Jones jr. Their rookie third rounder who very much is in line for a number two or number three role was not practicing yesterday, and he did not practice uh, Saturday or Friday as well. So when we look at the offense, Abdallah, we're at a spot where I think you can have a justified reaction that this team is starting to get banged up and that they're not deep, and offensively there's not a lot to work with. I have the opinion that I kind of like this idea that Eberflus has implemented a tough training camp. And I feel as if sometimes we worry about injuries in camp, and by the time we get to week two or three of the season, none of that really matters, as long as they're not season-ending injuries. Like, Velas Jones not being there doesn't really bother me. Right? Like, Nikhil Harry, if it's a severe ankle injury, that's going to be a problem. But, like, the, the Pringle thing, they know that, or Eberflus said last week that he's likely to be available by the start of the season. I'm not too concerned with that. As long as Fields is upright and not injured, I think it's okay to have a tough training camp. I think that's what this team needed. It, it's been way too easy. And football is tough, and you have to get out there and grind, and you have to be in the heat, and you have to struggle. hmm that stuff's necessary. No, I know, but to me, it's about you got to work hard. But it's about reps. You got to have. They got to have all like ever to, to get to where we think they want to go. Like to get to seven wins, eight wins, to have Justin Fields show the progression that we want to see from him this year. You got to have timing. Everything, like almost everything, has to be perfect with the offense. As far as like, and I know they don't have like great offensive weapons, and it's Fields' first year in this new system, but. You need everything to kind of go right. And having wide receivers that are just not out there, you're not getting the timing with them. Like, I know Darnell Mooney's still out there. He's going to be the number one wide receiver. That's fine. But you need the practice. Like, you need the reps with these guys. 
and you need them, especially if these guys are going to be playing a lot in the preseason, which it sounds like at least you know this weekend against Kansas City, they're going to get some time, and then probably in the second game next Thursday, they're going to get some more time. I don't know about the third game, if they're going to hold guys out or actually play them or not, because you still have a couple weeks till the season starts. But I want to see them out there because I want the timing to be there. I want everything on this uh, from this install to be there and these guys to have everything memorized and everything and know exactly where they're supposed to be and all the route trees and all that kind of stuff. No doubt. I, I agree with you on that. I just think from what we've seen in years past under Nagy and the, the idea of like just kind of going through the motions in training camp, I think it's good. I also think this is going to help the defense. We continue to see and hear about defensive highlights, and I think we're going to see some players that, that really start to pop when the season starts because they're ready to play. Like That was something that I always felt was just so obvious, is that you, if you go through the motion through training camp, you get to week one when you have to hit and you have to make defensive plays, and the defense was always like trying to figure it out as the season started, where if you practice hard in camp, They should be ready to go the moment uh, the season begins. Mm -hmm. Now, the most important piece to all this is Justin Fields, Courtney Cronin, uh, this morning on KJM. She also updated us on uh, how Fields has looked in camp. He's had good moments and he's had bad ones. And, I mean, even like last week, they do a lot of like situational football, these uh, play-it periods, which is basically just like a move-the-ball drill where there's there's a situation on the clock and it's unscripted and they just go. Like there were days last week where I think it was Monday's um, two minute period. They couldn't move the ball. Like the offense completed one pass, oh, and then they went one way down the field, went three and out, went the other way down the field, went three and out. So that obviously didn't feel good for them leaving the field that way. And then you know two days later they had there was a ten play fifty five yard drive that would have been dead if um, if uh, Equinemia St Brown's fumble uh, didn't if it counted like in a real game, but. It shows you at least they can move the ball. Um, they got to hold on to it, too. And we got to, to see a little bit more of the Moody-Fields connection at the end there. I was 10-play, 55-yard drive that capped off with a touchdown. I say all that to say, like, it is such a work in progress. And I think they all are saying the exact same things. They're all saying the right things, but at some point, work in progress isn't going to cut it. Like, that excuse is not going to be valid come three weeks from now where you're trying to get ready for San Francisco week one. And if your depth chart at wide receiver looks like it does right now, that's a big, big problem. And then if the offense isn't able to function the way that it expects to, especially with the pass game, that's going to be a function. So realistically, they're going to be leaning heavily on David Montgomery and and Khalil Herbert, Treston Ebner, their new running back they got out of, out of Baylor. Like, I think that this is going to be a team that in order to protect the quarterback, in order to aid in his development where so much is not going to be on him, this could be a team that runs the ball 20, 25 times a game. A lot of great information right there from Courtney Cronin. Follow her on Twitter and also follow her on ESPN.com. She's the Bears reporter for ESPN. She also works here at ESPN 1000. She's fantastic. Great information there as the Bears finish up a weekend of training camp. They have the off day today, Abdallah, and then tomorrow's Family Fest and before we know it, we will have the first preseason game for the Chicago Bears. Yeah, on Saturday. And and to her comment about a team that's going to be running, you know, 20, 25 times a game, I don't have a problem with that. No, that's run fine with lot. me. Yeah, protect Justin Fields. Set up the run. Like, I have no problem 
with David Montgomery getting 20 carries, getting 50, you know, a lot, getting a ton of carries. Like that's, I've got no problem with that whatsoever. I feel as if last year we saw Fields as best when play action was in, was Absolutely. mixed in, and and Absolutely. it was it was when he was just standing back there in shotgun with no concept to run the football is when mm-hmm. things didn't go well. It, it Fields is is under center. And he is at least taking a hard step back and faking a handoff to a Montgomery uh, or Herbert. And the ability to either turn, swing the hips around and pop to a tight end or or something simple just to kind of get some movement. And mo- like that's the thing is you can have a quarterback that's kind of finding his way if you are scheming up the offense. You can't do that when you just say, hey, stand back there and hope guys get open downfield. Mm-hmm. And and the I honestly continue to think about the 49ers and the way that they manage having Jimmy Garoppolo as their quarterback. And And I know that not all of the time was he bad, but for many games in the last two years, Garoppolo was in situations where Shanahan had to basically manage the quarterback from making mistakes to derail the offense. Mm-hmm. And that's why they're, they're going with Trey Lance and why they're trying to shop him. And, and whether that's Jimmy G's issue because of injury or just lack of ability to play, I, don't, I, I think it's still an okay way to run an offense. Are you going to score 30 points a game? No, but I think ideally if this Bears team could get to like 23, 24 points, that, I think that would be a vast improvement. Yeah, and I think that when you look at the, the successful teams in the NFL, we always say, okay, well, the guys, the, the, the teams that run the most are usually some of the best teams in the NFL, right? Like, if you look at, okay, so last year the Colts were fifth in rushes for the entire season. They ran it 499 times. The Titans ran it 551 times. The Eagles ran it 550 times. The Ravens ran it 517 times. To your point, the 49ers were tied with the Colts there at 499, so they were you know tied for fifth. Yeah. So you've got teams that were good that ran the ball a bunch of times. Well, okay, uh, let, me, let me ask you this. What, what did these teams have in common? Uh, Tennessee, mm-hmm. Philadelphia, mm-hmm. New Orleans, Indianapolis, San Francisco. Questionable quarterbacks. Questionable quarterback play. Uh, The one team in the top seven that's in there that ran the football last year per game more uh, that does I don't think has a questionable quarterback, it's uh, Baltimore. But how many of those rushes were him? That's a a fair point as well. Uh, But I I think, like, to to question Lamar Jackson, I think it's stupid. No, no, no. I'm not not doing that, but I'm saying... But everyone else, you're, you're basically helping and assisting a quarterback who's questionable. I think Tannehill, extremely questionable. Hurts, young, we, we get that situation. The Saints, the first year without Breeze, they kind of had a whole mix of different things going on there. Mm-hmm. The Colts, Carson Wentz, I think is trash. And then we were just talking about Garoppolo. You don't find a team with a legit quarterback until seven, the Cardinals. Uh, eight, Baker was okay. Nine, rookie quarterback, Mac Jones and the, the Patriots. And you get to Washington. Washington had no good quarterback play, and the Bears were 11. Yeah, but in those top five that you mentioned, top six that you mentioned, you're taking the ball out of your quarterback's hands, where with the Ravens, 
Lamar probably had a decent amount of rushing attempts sure. that contributed to that. Oh, yeah. Because he's yeah. so dynamic. Yeah. I, it's Baltimore makes a lot of sense up there. But basically, everyone else has questionable quarterback play. Mm-hmm. And the teams with the great quarterbacks are, are kind of in the middle towards like the 20s uh, to a certain extent. You still have to run the football. Football is all about balance. We, you know, each year that passes, uh, we, we get more and more uh, advanced statistics that suggest that, hey, football is changing. There's all this different stuff. But in reality, a balanced offense still gets the job done. And yeah. it, it's something that is needed. You have to have balance offensively to disrupt what the defense is trying to do and, and to keep them on their toes. Oh, and don't say, oh, well, the Rams only ran it 420 times and the Bucks only ran it. 385 times the, the the Bucks were second to last behind the Jets. Okay, well, you have Tom Brady and Matt Stafford. You don't need to run the ball that much, right? Like, you don't need to run it that much if you got those two guys. Like, if you've got Sean McVay drawing up your offense, I'll let it slide that you don't run a lot. If you've got Tom Brady as your quarterback, I'll let it slide that you don't run a lot. Yeah, Tampa was 26th in rushing yards per game. Mm-hmm. The Rams were 27th rushing yards per game. But Kansas City, a team that we thought was very good last year, they were 13th, and Buffalo was 6th. Buffalo, everyone's picking to be the best team this year. Buffalo was 6th yeah. in yards per game on the ground last season. So. Absolutely. So I'm not, I'm not worried about that part. You want to run the ball a lot? Go right ahead. Run the ball a lot. Help Just don't, your... don't run with fields. No, no, no. Can help we, can we young, not do that? Help your young quarterback. Listen, Dave Montgomery, he's on the last year of his deal. Run him as many times as you can. Black and Abdallah here on the Bear Down Podcast. Good stuff from Courtney Cronin today, and we heard from Tevin Jenkins. Check us out on Thursday. We'll have another new Bear Down Podcast as we prepare for the first preseason game against the Chiefs. It's the Bear Down Podcast Tuesdays and Thursdays right here on the ESPN Chicago app. Also check out Black and Abdallah weeknights 6 to 8 right here on ESPN 1000. We'll talk to you on Thursday.